Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation, but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.app/breadbox. Aloha, good morning. Let's see who's here. Hello, Art. So glad that you're here. Hi, Jack. You're so faithful. So glad that you're here. Love, love all you guys. You can see in the distance there. Uh, you can see Diamond Head and you can see the beautiful waves this morning. So good to be home in Hawaii. Hi, Janet. Aloha. Um, tell us where you guys are watching from and if you voted yet. It's good to, good to encourage everybody to vote. We're going to be having a man cave meeting for those, who, those who, of you who are members of the man cave on Monday night. So we're going to be praying for the country and praying for each other and, of course, sharing, uh, just talking story with each other as we say in Hawaii. It's such a beautiful um, part of the catechism today. The appearance of the risen one. Who did he, he appear to first? Was it Peter? Was it John? Was it maybe the woman that he saved from being stoned because she was caught in adultery? It was the women he appeared to first, Mary Magdalene and the other women. Isn't that cool? Uh, the Lord, uh, the first that he came to in the world was Mary in her womb. And then it was the women who, who were brave enough to stay with him at the cross and who ventured forth to take care of his body in the tomb who saw him. Hi, Karen. Aloha. So tell us where you're watching from and uh, if you voted yet. And please press the share button. Mary Magdalene and the holy women who came to finish anointing the body of Jesus, which had been buried in haste because the Sabbath began on the evening of Good Friday. It's my alarm reminding me to be sure and do this this morning. <laughs> which had been buried in haste because the Sabbath began on the evening of Good Friday. They were the first to encounter the risen one. So cool. Thus, the women were the first messengers of Christ's resurrection for the apostles themselves. 
So look at the dignity that Jesus gives women to give them that, that great honor of being the first to know that he is risen. They were the next to whom Jesus appears, first Peter and then the twelve, had been called to strengthen the faith of his brothers. So thus the women were the first messengers of Christ's resurrection for the apostles themselves. They were the next to whom Jesus appears, first Peter, then the twelve. Peter had been called to strengthen the faith of his brothers, and so sees the risen one before them. It is on the basis of his testimony that the community exclaims, the Lord has risen indeed, and has appeared to Simon. <clears throat> it's interesting how through scripture, Simon is given a place of primacy among the other apostles, isn't it? When you see the during the gospel, it's always Peter who's the leader of the apostles, always the one that speaks to Christ on their behalf and things like that. And then afterwards, it's Peter who speaks at Pentecost. My wife, Cindy, can't really talk about this. It's very hard for her to do this. But when we were in Israel, she really wanted to experience uh, Jesus in a special way. Of course, we all would. And um, she was in, uh, she was in, uh, she was where the primacy of Peter is. We were in the place where Jesus said to Peter, uh, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And uh, sorry, I'm getting a shadow on my face. I don't know how I can get out of it. And, um, and upon this rock, I'll build my church, you are Peter. And it was there that Cindy had a tremendous infilling of the Holy Spirit. So beautiful. She can't really talk about it without crying. So she doesn't get to talk about it much, but a very beautiful experience there at the primacy of Peter. And it's so beautiful because she had just become uh, a Catholic convert uh, just, uh, or just days before. So it's really beautiful. Um, thus, the, thus the women were the first messengers of Christ's resurrection for the apostles themselves. They were the next to whom Jesus appears. First Peter, then the twelve. Peter had been called to strengthen the faith of his brothers. And so sees the risen one before them. Remember, John ran ahead of Peter because he's, I think he's more light of foot. Peter, I think, is probably for Peter to go into the tomb. The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. That's with an exclamation point. Everything that happened during those Paschal days involves uh, each of the apostles, and Peter in particular, in the building of the new era begun on Easter morning. Hey, Sean, say aloha to your children when you see them for me. As witnesses of the risen one, they remain the foundation stones of his church. The faith of the first community of believers is based on the witness of concrete men, known to the Christians, and for the most part still living among them. Peter and the Twelve are the primary witnesses to his resurrection. But they are not the holy ones. They are not the only ones. Paul speaks clear, clearly of more than 500 people to whom Jesus appeared on at least a single occasion, and also of James and all of the apostles. You know, there's a James mentioned in the Bible who wasn't among the apostles. Uh, he was James, uh, the brother of Jesus. James, um, the word brother we use here in, in Hawaii a lot. Uh, we call each other bra, brother. Um, the word brother in those days uh, was referring to anyone who was a first cousin, uh, a brother or a first cousin, those were considered your brothers. And so James became uh, 
the leader of the of the church in the, in, the, in Jerusalem, uh, where the other James went out and evangelized, and of course all the apostles pretty much were out evangelizing. But it was this other James that became uh, that became uh, the head of the church in Jerusalem. Interesting, isn't it? Given all these testimonies, Christ's resurrection cannot be interper interpreted as something outside the physical order. And it is impossible not to acknowledge it as a historical fact. It is clear from the facts that the disciples' faith was drastically put to the test by their master's passion and death on the cross, which he has foretold. The shock provoked by the passion was so great that at least some of the disciples did not at once believe in the news of the resurrection. Far from showing us a community seized by mystical exaltation, the Gospels present us that with disciples that are demoralized and looking sad and frightened. And so some people say, well, these disciples, they came and uh, robbed the, the, the grave of Jesus and then said he was resurrected. But that would be so, uh, so the opposite. These were the disciples that were afraid and didn't even go to the cr cr cross. Uh, all of it, Peter denied him, the rest of them hid out except for John was there with Mary. They were so scared that they wouldn't even go to where Jesus was crucified. It would be totally, dramatically, uh, extremely illogical that then these same men would say, hey, let's, let's, let's take his body out and let's tell everybody he was raised from the dead and start a new religion and be so adamant about it that they, that they were willing to be martyrs. It's not logical. But some people want to say that that's what they did. They, uh, the Gospels present us with disciples that were looking sad and demoralized and frightened, for they had not believed the holy women returning from the tomb and regarded their words as an idle tale. That's in Luke and in Matt and Mark. When Jesus reveals himself to the eleven, remember one of them is missing because he hung himself on Easter evening, he upbraided them for their unbelief and hardness of heart because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen and so women you hear this testimony the women saw Jesus they went to the men and said I saw Jesus and the women were saying you just have it it's just an idle tale and they upbraided them they I mean they they rebuked them but Jesus came and upbraided uh, the men women don't lose heart if the men in your life have not found Christ yet it's it's interesting how it's to the women that Jesus appeared first and how the men originally rejected uh, their witness and their testimony. Continue to be a witness and a testimony to your sons, to your husbands, to your brothers, to the other men in your life. We need, um, we need that spark uh, from the women sometime to ignite us. I know it was my mom that encouraged me to go to my first uh, charismatic prayer meeting where I had a tremendous conversion experience. So women, do not lose heart. Continue to be a witness. Even if the men think of you as sharing some sort of idle tale about Jesus, you are a great, great um, spark and kindling uh, for the Lord. You, you catch on fire easier than men. But once your, your son, your brother, your husband, once they catch on fire, it's like it, when, you, when you start a fire, you start with kindling. And then the big oak, the big oak uh, doesn't start until the kindling really kind of gets hot and then the oak will burn. But when it burns, the oak will burn long and it'll burn uh, hot. And so 
that's the dynamic. Women don't lose hope because you're like kindling for the men. But once the men catch on fire, they'll be strong and they'll be bold. Uh, and so I just think today in the catechism, it's a special, a very special acknowledgement of the, the significant role that women have because they, they, they spark easy. They, they, they're, they're so responsive to the love of Jesus. But you guys enjoy the sunrise a little bit here. And don't forget, press the share button. I'll be right back. I got to tell you guys, we've worked so hard on bringing up our new website. Uh, the deepadventure.com website has been renewed. And uh, so go there. There's so many cool things. And for the, for, uh, for the women especially, there's, a, there's something we have now called the Mug Club um, for becoming a monthly donor. I think it's $10 a month. Uh, you get a long ride home mug and a lot of other stuff too. And uh, so we'd love for you to go and uh, become one of the mama bears and help support our ministry. Appreciate you women very much. Shall I say that? Shall I make the sign of the cross in the Hawaiian language? Maka inoa o kamakua keikeiki ameke uhana hemalele. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Love you guys. Don't worry. God has it all under control. Aloha. Finding someone on an online Catholic dating site shouldn't be like shopping for a blender. So why do most dating sites leave you feeling like you're shopping for a spouse? At Catholic Singles, we connect members through our unique user polls and activities, which help you discover other members and their personalities and interests. Because you're a person, not a profile picture. So stop shopping and start discerning. Trust your love story to the original Catholic dating site and use the promo code BREADBOX at checkout for 20% off at catholicsingles.com.